On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, I'll talk with Audra Grizunez about what breweries can be doing during the COVID-19 pandemic. John Snyder of Yakima Valley Hops goes deep on what he, and so many of you out there, hope to be doing right about now, what's currently happening in Yakima Valley, and what we can be looking forward to with the harvest. And Dennis Grum of October Seamers talks about how business is booming and shares some thoughts on to-go beer sales. This is John Hall, and welcome to the BYO Nano Podcast. Episode 4 finds us in an uncertain world. So much has changed since our last episode, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. If you're a small brewer, you're feeling the pinch. You've had to pivot your business, rethink strategies, and likely had to make some hard decisions that impacted your brewery and your employees. We'll try to cover those parts of the brewing industry, and maybe even give you some hope. And we're sponsored by Blickman Pro Brewing. With superior engineering and unrivaled service, Blickman Pro Brewing equipment is designed from the ground up to generate a quick return on your investment by getting you up and running as efficiently as possible without sacrificing quality. Experience true turnkey systems that are versatile and flexible enough to give you room to grow and modular design that can fit any space. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn about their 1 to 10 barrel brew house systems and cellaring equipment. And save the dates on your calendar for this year's NanoCon, taking place in San Diego, November 6 and 7. Full program details on the two days of brewing and business seminars targeted for nanobreweries is available at byo.com slash nanocon. Now, let's dive into the show. These are unprecedented times, and breweries are trying, on a daily basis, to figure out how to best react and respond. There are financial worries to be accounted for, and ways to stay nimble with limited or reduced cash flow. For some perspective, we've invited back Audra Gazunez to talk about what she's hearing from her clients and what advice she has for small breweries looking to survive this pandemic. You can always learn more on her website, brewedforherledger.com, but in this conversation, I start off by trying to get a handle on what she sees as important right now. What do you think people should be focused on? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, they, as if things weren't chaotic enough before, you know, running at breakneck speed. Um, and now we're, it's like everything has come screeching to a halt. But I, I find that to be refreshing in a way because it's giving people us breweries just overall an opportunity to step back and breathe and for me and what I'm working with my clients on now is just optimizing their business systems their structure their overall operational infrastructure so this is a great time to step back and look at how information is flowing through your financial management system through your inventory management system into your point of sale have you been doing workaround solutions, having to export information, massage it in an Excel workbook or some other format because the systems weren't doing the work for you because you didn't have time to refine them. Now is a really good time, I find, to step back and and optimize that, look at it, it, how as we're kegging beer and packaging it, is, is it coming through the inventory management system correctly? Is it hitting the right accounts? This is also a really good opportunity to review a point of sale, not just the solution itself, but the journal entry that feeds into your chart of accounts. So this is a good time to look to make sure that you're not just 
debiting your sales account and or actually crediting your sales account, adding money into your sales account automatically by syncing it, you're actually looking at the back end and mapping it to your chart of accounts so that it's hitting all the right items. So it's kind of, it's good to have the opportunity now to kind of focus more on the details and the flow of information through a brewery. And it's also been a good time to step back and look at your own business. So this could be a time to refine what you feel are your success metrics. You know, a year ago, we may have been defining ourselves by having X barrels of production or sales in growth dollars year over year by X percentage. Well, this is it relevant still? Are these numbers still relevant? If they're not, uh, this could be the time to refine them and then revising our chart of accounts to match up with those success metrics. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And yeah, okay. business education. That's another one. Just really education on your own financials, understanding what your ratios, your financial ratios are telling you. Numbers always tell a story. They don't lie. So this is a really great opportunity for you to learn more about how your cash flow works and what liquidity ratios and efficiency ratios are and how they're impactful to your own specific business. So what, what's interesting, though, because education, I think, is going to be really important, but the, the whole landscape has shifted. I mean, you were talking even just about kegging beer, which is not something that a lot of breweries are doing yeah. right now. And they, they, they've obviously shifted production um, and they're trying to get bottles and cans out and, you know, to go and uh, ev everything else like that. But I, I, I'm curious as to when you're talking about judging success, um, mm -hmm. you know, it used to be barrelage and I, I, I think it's probably a good bet that most breweries will be down uh, barrelage at the end of this year, maybe from, from where they were, um, you know, last year, some, some might be up. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's some of the smaller breweries are, are, are struggling right now. Where can we find the positives? Where can we be looking to, you know, go to bed at the end of the night uh, with at least one semi happy thought in our head? Sure. Well, there are other, it's not just barrelage. I mean, sure. focusing on success, I I look at it as profitability and, and as many of our folks and keeping them employed as much as we can. But really, I'm looking at success now, not as much from barrelage perspective as margin analysis. How profitable are we? Can we refine that business model a little bit more? Can we keep our people employed as long as possible? Uh, repurposing them for whatever the brewery's needs may be. I find that a lot of the breweries that I work with, somebody that could have been working in front of the house that is now delivering beer door-to-door, -door -door, doing curbside, um, or just involved in shipping beer across the different state lines, they like having kind of a change of pace and a different type of interaction that we haven't had in the past. I love that we have some opportunity to be more engaged with in our communities some breweries are donating beer to our healthcare providers yeah. and bringing it, you know, or providing them gift certificates so that they can buy, purchase their own beers or pizzas or whatever food uh, from the brew pubs, for example, they can. But this has been a great opportunity for deeper community engagement and entrenchment within our communities. Just they've relied on us. Now we're relying on them. And it just, it feeds back in one with the other. And I'm finding that to be a really big positive. It's, we, I, f I feel the energy of us drawing together to pull forward and through this troubled time 
together. So that, you know, community engagement and just being involved as much as we can, I find that to be a positive. Uh, really being having an opportunity to look at our fixed overhead too. That's mm-hmm. another one that we've had in the past that sometimes we just realize that there could have been aspects that weren't negotiable, but they are now. And so we can bring that overhead down. Um, it gives us also an opportunity to talk and engage more with our own suppliers, whether they are the suppliers of our building in the form of rent or a mortgage um, or our actual ingredient suppliers. Sometimes when we're working really quickly, uh, we we don't focus on positive communication. Yeah, it's, no, so I agree with that. Negative. <laughs> yeah. This could be a great time for us to say thank you, supplier, for this malt that you've provided for us and, and just have like a nice conversation because we have the time to do it. And the same thing with um, with our landlord. So a lot of landlords that I'm working with now are forgiving their rent for their for the tenants um, for a couple of months, for three months, for the most part. Some are deferring it, but some are forgiving it. And, you know, that's another opportunity to say thank you and realizing how many partnerships that we have when we do work at a brewery from, from every perspective. And this is giving us a time to really reflect on that and say thank you and show, show and express gratitude for what it is that we do have. So... I know everybody is worried about the day to day and you sort of touched on, you know, trying to, you know, look at the larger, larger picture. Um, yes. As we start to wrap up, I'm curious about long term goals. You know, uh, the, the future is not guaranteed. And I know that, you know, there, there's some pretty bleak numbers that exist in the craft beer space right now about uh, how long some breweries can operate under uh, quarantines and lockdowns and you know general restrictions uh, to 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 the public. But if if you're a brewery that is committed to making it and maybe has the resources or maybe can uh, you know adapt for a long run of you know being around a year from now to five years from now, right. what do you what do you think is, is is a good goal or two to be thinking about long term plan wise at this point? Like using this moment to think about long term. Long-term plans are like the amount that we could invest in our own respective professional development and education of our people, I think is one that we could continue to stay focused on um, right now, just being more financially literate, really gaining understanding of our balance sheet, income statement, and cash flows, how they play in together, and sharing that information in sort of an open book management way with the rest of our staff so that we have and the team and coworkers, so that we're pulling through this together. I find that when you open your books and you see the goals that you collectively set together, it, you just have more accountability and buy-in on the longer road. So if we sit down and we, we take this opportunity, the slowdown for us to sit back and brainstorm, where it could be an opportunity to pivot part of our business model itself. Or we look at, you know, a year from now, here's where we're going to try to be based on this new normal of where, of the direction that we're heading. How do we make this work? And how does that become a positive outcome for all of us as a, as a family? Because in a sense, I still see every single brewery as a mini family. <laughs> but really bringing in together, even if it's just through Zoom conversations, people being in the same virtual room together, really working through what the what it could look like. What could the future look like? It's, it's keeping positive over 
overall more than anything else. But this is the real opportunity to, to really brainstorm out their ideas because uh, op- like extreme circumstances like this bring us, I think, to some creative means that we normally don't open ourselves to. We're so busy with our nose to the ground in, in fulfilling orders and getting any anything that we can out there to the hands of the people that we don't step back and be like, well, is this the right way for us to do this? Or are there other creative ways that we can put our product in people's hands? Perhaps it's a partnership with another brewery. You know, there's other, much more a deeper sense than just a collaboration. But this gives us the time to step back and kind of work through what those ideas could look like. So I see it from a positive perspective, but I love change. And I always find that. (laughs) Well, you got it. I mean, that's. (laughs) I'm an accountant who loves change. What? (laughs) We'll unpack that the next time you come on. Uh, Audra, thanks so much for, for taking the time as always, and uh, it's great having you back on the show, and uh, your perspective as always is much appreciated. It's great to be here, John. Thank you so much for your time as well. Cheers and stay healthy. A lot of us might be stuck indoors, but there's still industries that need to be operating as usual. Agriculture is one of them. And so I called up John Snyder, the co-founder and GM of Yakima Valley Hops, to talk about what's happening with hops right now and what we could be looking forward to later on this year. He correctly pointed out that right now, a good chunk of the brewing industry was going to be at the Craft Brewers Conference in San Antonio, Texas. So that's where we start. So John, we're recording this in mid-April. And I'm curious from, from your perspective, what, what's usually happening at this time of year when it relates CBC, to CBC, man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, our biggest, our biggest event of the year for, for craft, um, uh, you know, it should be happening. Um, and you know, that not, that kind of throws some, uh, some wrinkles in, but, um, as Wrinkle, far as wrinkles, Yaka- how? Well, uh, you know, releasing, releasing new products. Um, you know, we've, uh, this is our first year being partnered with, uh, John I Hawes. Um, and so us really fully entering the, uh, craft, uh, you know, beer side, uh, the wholesale side, we've been in it for a few years now, but now with this partnership with Hawes, um, we were really excited to, to get out and, and make, start making our big push. Um, but, and, uh, and what were you yeah. planning on rolling out this year? What were you planning on trying to talk to everybody about? Well, um, access to inventory. Um, you know, that's been the big thing is that, uh, you know, everyone in the past, um, when we first started SpotHops.com, we entered this this huge vacuum of supply. Um, you know, brewers were getting a lot of misinformation that, crop was short or because they couldn't get it from one vendor. And so they said, it's, you know, you can't get it. Um, now if they don't, they don't know about other vendors, um, they get forced into multi-year contracts, which gets pitched to them as a, um, as a a benefit to them, which, uh, our belief, um, is that contracts were, are not, you know, hop contracts were not built for, um, small craft. Um, 
they're not designed to work uh, efficiently and effectively for a small craft brewery. Um, you know, it's a ingredient supply contract. Um, with that, you need to be making product A that uses these ingredients um, consistently. Right. And that's what you need to be doing. Well, uh, with the craft beer industry being so innovative and always changing um, with flavors and, you know, people coming up with new styles, um, that multi-year contract might be an anchor um, in, in, instead of a sale. Sure. So, um, you know, they get stuck in these multi-year contracts. they got to figure out how to move the variety. They start worrying about financials because they're paying storage fees. They don't want to burn their hop supplier. Um, but then you see that certain, some top suppliers went out of business um, because they just went out and pushed contracts in an ever-changing craft beer environment um, and selling it as they were doing everyone a favor. Um, <laughs> and, and it wasn't. No. It was a hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I understand the concept of, of uh, contracting because it, uh, it's a supply chain management solution that lets farmers know um, – you know, what needs to be planted, but that's where the broker comes into play. That's where we come into play. Right. Um, we need to have an understanding of what's going on in the craft beer industry. We need an understanding of what's always ever changing. And, you know, these things don't just happen overnight. It's not like one variety just falls off tomorrow. The writing's on the wall. You'll see it coming. Now, if the farmer doesn't want to pull acreage, um, and adapt, they need to be getting into deeper pocket contracts with uh, major, you know, um, with major breweries. Yeah, the larger the non-craft, ones. the large guys. Yeah, that are that have mass distribution, that have product A, product B. But uh, so that for making. but for the smaller ones, I mean, the, you know, because we're, we're focused on the nanos yep. at least in uh, on yep. this podcast. Um, how how do you help them? Well, that's what. So that's where we come into play. Um, you know, we come into play with, uh, you know, what we were doing before we partner with, uh, John I Haas, um, was offering those hard to get varieties. Um, the problem with us was consistency, um, being able to offer those varieties all year long. Um, if we're pushing a narrative that we kind of want to get you out of a contract, um, but we can't offer the varieties all year long, that doesn't work. Um, then you still need a contract. You need those guarantees. I, I don't, you don't need a nano um, we call them, you know, kind of like the pint pushers, the guys that have the tap room models. Um, they have enough to worry about than where to get their hops. So when the idea of partnering with, uh, Haas came around, we got really excited because that offered us the supply chain to be able to sell, have galaxy all year long, be able to have Citra all year long, mosaic yeah. all year long, the hard to get varieties that people where Lupulin exchange got built off of. Um, where brewers were over-contracting and then holding them at ransom to a uh, nano, um, which is which was insane. Um, that I mean, it really frustrated me a lot to see what was going on on Lupulin, um, to see these guys forcing these nano breweries um, that are putting so much sweat equity into their company to make a f- massive financial decision going, well, there's Citra available on Lupulin. Well, it's $30 a pound. I need all this, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it tomorrow yeah. um, or next week. I need to make a financial decision. I need to go talk to my banker. I need to make sure that I can afford 
to do this or I need to delay some payments, maybe not pay myself, not pay my people, um, not expand because I need to buy all my citrus for a year right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were watching this happen and it seemed like people were just okay with it. And we, we were definitely not. Um, and so, you know, with this partnership with Haas, what we offer um, to uh, our craft customers is a supply chain consistency without the constraint of a, of a, of a contract that you don't know if you're going to need in six months because maybe that beer didn't take off or maybe you're going to need more because because it did is taking off yeah and that's and but or you need to pivot you know maybe you don't need the willamette anymore um and maybe you need to get more chinook so you know we what we what we're trying to do is we're not saying get rid of a contract um we still we offer contracting to our small customers um and large customers we offer contracting to anyone um, but we also have a conversation with them that the contract definitely is not, um, is not going to be your fix all for everything. Now, if you know, you need, um, you know, you need this, we'll contract you 50% of it. And then, you know, we'll offer you another 50% later. Um, if you need it to see how you go, cause the last thing we need, anyone needs is to have, uh, oversupply um and what we're doing is we're giving you downside protection Mm -hmm. saying that hey if you need a pivot we're here um we're here to pivot with you and uh you know that's that's really our that's really our main driver and our goal um with spot hops so we talked about you know what you would have been doing for for cbc this year but you also started to say and, and i'm curious as to what's april usually like in yakima valley as far as the agriculture goes. We're 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 running, man. I mean, Yakima's running right now. I mean, uh, does it feel any uh, different this year because of COVID? Um, there's definitely a, there are definitely some concerns. Um, like what? You know, well, you know, every year there comes with crop concern. Um, it could be a uh, kind of early spring and then a hard freeze, that or maybe cooler weather that stunts the hops. Every year there's a. It's never a a perfect year in farming. Um, but, uh, you know, this year there's definitely a lot of uncertainty, um, with the farmers, you know, we were craft was growing. Um, and now, you know, with the BA coming out and, and showing how much, you know, how many, you know, the financial hard times that a lot of these, um, businesses are going through. Yeah. Especially the smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah. The pint pushers, those guys, you know, um, and really the true innovators, of of the craft scene are struggling and you know that um you know that takes up that takes up a chunk of market um in hop supply and that's very questionable if they're going to be around in six months or not yeah um you know when this stuff's ready to go um are people still going to be there to buy it and you what, know, and what about what, the work? What about the workforce? Uh, you know, because it it does take you know like actual humans to uh, do the harvest. Are you guys already starting to look at what your needs are going to be and how you might have to modify that if if things continue in the way that they yeah, are, sort of locked down right now? You know, with Yakima being so, um, uh, agri- you know, agricultural based, mm-hmm. um, with all the other products that we grow, you know, um, labor is has always been an issue um now with um travel restrictions um maybe not getting h2a um 
you know, farmers are definitely going through some of those struggles, but a lot of the workforce is local. Um, the farms that we deal with, a lot of those folks are local. Um, they've been working hops. Their family's been working hops. Um, you know, they're here. Um, you know, Yakima and still a lot of the agriculture in- industries still need to require a lot of transient labor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of the farmers have seen a model where uh, let's get a little more efficient um, and let's employ people all year long. Now, there's definitely seasonal workers. There's definitely a ton of seasonal workers that come in, um, but they're also getting employed doing other things right now. So, um, you know, there is shortage in workforce, and every year there's a shortage in workforce here in Yakima. Again, um, this is definitely nothing new. Um, it's just different. Only the, 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 it's different. And, and, and But there's a little more, I mean, there's more gravity to it because of how global, I mean, how it's, how it's affecting, you know, globally. Um, it's, it's not just some, you know, um, some immigration policies or anything like that, some stuff going on there, you know, there's some serious, you know, travel restrictions going on. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, and questions, but, um, you know, these things tend to, to, to figure themselves out. Um, at least in, in the years that I've been in the industry, um, there's always a, a fire outside your house and, yeah. and your house always seems to be standing at the end of the day. So, um, you know, there, I, I, you know, I believe that, uh, that we'll be, we'll be fine here. Um, good, but, uh, you know, we're just, you know, Yakima is moving. I mean, you can't stop the sun. <laughs> hops, <laughs> hops are growing man they, they you know things are happening so um you know everyone's just everyone's just you know getting done what they can get done and and things that you can't you got to make the decision but you know this um you know it could be a it could be a time that uh you know certain varieties that just aren't that aren't they don't need to be there anymore right can finally be gone um and, and, uh, you know, that's gonna, that might put some strain on some, uh, larger, uh, you know, the, you know, the larger, the larger brewers, but, um, definitely the varieties that craft is in, is chasing, they're fine. Okay. And one of the things, I mean, we've sort of gotten into this mindset of every couple of years or every year now, I guess it does seem, uh, that there's a new varietal that comes out or there's something that uh, have gotten brewers excited about and you know obviously mosaic and citra have come up in the last uh, last last few years and we've seen uh, other other hops sort of uh, take off as well um, do you think we can be looking forward to some sort of good news on that front later yeah hop rise you can do it in, you know in shorter time and and you know but that's uh you, know, you can start kind of releasing it and seeing what people like um, but you know this 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 the craft beer boom you know, happened seven to 10 years ago. So, you know, everyone's coming into this, um, you know, to go, oh man, we need these, these aroma varieties. These, now you're seeing more just call them dual purpose, um, varieties. Um, and that's what first came out, you know, these high alpha, but high, you know, high aroma, high total oil, um, your citrus and your mosaics. Um, and, and now you're, you know, some, you're seeing, um, you know, non, you know, it's a race in proprietaries. Everyone's making their own variety. 
Um, people are buying rights to certain varieties. Um, you're seeing that coming out. You're also seeing the public breeding program um, getting some new life. And so you're seeing some public varieties that are getting passed up that have already been somewhat proven, um, but they got passed up back in the day because they had too much aroma. They offered too much flavor. Um, and so you're starting to see those varieties come back. Yeah. You know, cashmere, comet. Um, and so, you know, it's a... Uh, it is, it seems like every year new varieties are coming out. Um, also, every year new old varieties are dying off. Um, you know, some, it's just the, the changing, and it will happen every year. So this year, um, you know, for us in Yagam Valley Hops, we do have some, some varieties. We, we try to, you know, we definitely, we definitely get all the experimentals in um, and, and look at some hot new up-and-coming varieties. Um, but we also need to be focusing on last year's and the year before new varieties because getting a farmer to expand that um, test plot to something larger. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of a dance and it's a balance that you have to do with, with new varieties because, you know, putting a bunch of marketing and promotion and getting uh, convincing brewers to, to change recipes or develop new recipes with new varieties, yes, it kind of keeps um, it keeps kind of the flavor evolution going, um, but it also we need to be uh, focusing on these other varieties that are up and coming that we're really you know that we've been putting a lot of work into. You can't kind of let off the throttle on those mm-hmm. um, because you know the ones that we push, we truly believe. Um, are are of what kind of what the industry is looking for um what, what, what do you see that the industry is looking for like what what are the some of the flavor profiles or the aroma profiles that you think or that you're hearing from uh brewers of all sizes that they wish they could get into their beer well i mean uh obviously tropical is something um that's been very popular and now um, you're starting to see that, uh, that tropical flavor getting refined, um, now to do like brew one, which is heavy pineapple. So you're starting to see now to isolating certain tropical fruits. Um, and so that's kind of something really fun to see. You're starting to see varieties that come out that have, that throw a lot of coconut. Mm-hmm. Um, so unique, unique flavors, uh, bold flavors, um, but you're also seeing um, varieties coming out that are supportive, that will will help other varieties shine. Yeah. So, um, you know, not necessarily standalone rock stars, but uh, ones that will help boost that other, you know, main hot players, you know, flavor profile that stand out and not get so lost. Um, we're seeing that a lot in uh, these questions is that, you know, I really like Galaxy, but I can never seem to get enough of that flavor out. It won't shine through. Do I need to put more in? And, you know, that's when working with our partnership with Hawes in our innovation center, we can come back and say, you need to, you need to throw some Chinook in there. Yeah. You need to throw some of these other varieties in there, and that will really help you shine. So it will save you some money um, on buying a high-demand, more expensive, boutique kind of style hop. Um and it will improve the quality of your beer. So, 
you know, what we're trying to offer and what we're seeing kind of the demand is um, innovations, you know, our small craft, they, they love experimenting um, and they love uniqueness. And so, um, you know, we're trying to offer them varieties and um, other advanced products that will help um, kind of step up their game or get them to achieve, you know, kind of what they're looking for. Cool. So it sounds like there's a lot, uh, it sounds like it's sort of going on business as usual, but also, uh, you know, some, some bright spots to look forward to in, uh, in, in a couple of months, uh, come harvest time. Yeah, we're, st- I mean, we're still rolling. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, it's trying to stay business as usual. We're really concerned about our customers, um, the well-being of them. You know, we've been doing some uh, some things to kind of help them. Um, like what? Uh, you know, well, we've been doing, we did a, a deal on, um, kind of reaching out to our home brewers to say, Hey, tag your, uh, favorite small craft. Tell me, tell us why you love them. And we'll choose a hundred of them and we'll give you guys all a hundred dollar gift certificate and we'll just go buy some, we'll buy some gift certificates for them. Um, you know, to, uh, for you, for you to use later. Okay. You know, just trying to give them just some, just trying to get some cash. You know, we chose some local breweries here um, in our hometown uh, and around Yakima County um, and, you know, bought a bunch of, you know, beer from them for, you know, in a later date. You know, just trying to get them through this time um, when, when cash flow is, is, has always been definitely problem number one um, or I can't brew enough beer fast enough. Um, but now it's definitely cash flow is a concern. And so, you know, we're, we're feeling, um, we're kind of feeling their pain and we, we want to figure out how we can help as best we can. Um, and so that's definitely something that's unique to, you know, this year is, um, kind of going, well, they supported us. How can we come back and support them, um, in this time to kind of, you know, help them be afloat? You know, we're definitely doing a lot of negotiations um with you know if the the folks that did have those contracts with us of some of the varieties they needed um you know definitely renegotiate with them and say guys don't worry about it we're let's push this thing forward to next year let's let's work with you here um because it's the time that everybody needs to uh join together and not be like the buck stops here um and you signed it you sign this and you have to take it yeah um that's great it's not it's not just like, you know, a few, you know, a few years back when there was a huge glut in the market. Um, and you know, some brokers were taking a position of, well, take it, take the contract or I'll sue you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, um, you we've never be... had that. We've never had that mentality, but I'm starting to see that more and more in the industry now that, you know, they're going, well, I think everyone's going to have to, I mean, everyone feels this thing. This is real for everyone. Um, and so, I mean, all the way down to the farmer, to the banker um, that's financing the farms, um, everyone's understanding that, you know, that we're all going to have to be flexible here and figure out um, a solution that's, that's best for everyone. Before I let you go, any final thoughts? Um, well, we're really excited, um, really, about, really excited about some new advanced products that are coming out, um, you know, with the partnership with Haas. You know, Haas has always been, um, you know, innovating um, and moving, but the people that see those innovations 
are the larger scale breweries. Um, with us coming in the mix with them, we're getting access to their portfolio and we're, um, we're starting to give our customers access. So, uh, like incognito, um, a portable extract, um, we're starting to see that take off in a lot of popularity and, um, you know, incognito was designed to save, um, to save on waste, um, and, you know, you're saving, they're saving, you know, some breweries are saving hundreds of barrels, mm-hmm. but our small craft guys go, man, if I'm on a, if, you know, if I'm a, I'm on a five barrel or three barrel system and this gives me an extra, an extra corny or, or you, know, you know, an extra pony keg or an extra keg out of the deal, a half barrel or a quarter barrel. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that can be, that could be paying, paying someone that could be a little more to pay themselves, you know, get some more sweat equity out of it. So like, you know, we're starting to see that more people are taking on, um, you know, are interested in these advanced products that we're offering. Um, and we definitely have some more coming down that um, will uh, improve yields um, and, uh, you know, kind of and boost, uh, you know, and boost their beer. So we're pretty pumped about that. Cool. Well, when we get out of this, there's uh, things to look forward to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, again, it's, um, you know, it's tough times for all, but, you know, it's something that a true testament to the craft beer industry as a whole is watching um, how supportive everyone in the industry is from the consumer, the home brewer, the small craft brewer, um, how resilient the industry truly is. Um, you know, they're innovative. They're figuring out, you know, crowler sales are going through the roof. I mean, I, I call this kind of the revenge of the camps right now. Um is that, you know, can sales were kind of down, but, uh, you know, with all the tap rooms being open, but now, you know, all these pint pushers were feeling the pain because everyone was buying cans and what they do, they started really, they really started bumping up their, their crowler game, mm-hmm. um, and packing, you know, and packaging growlers, um, which you're starting to see a kind of a strain on that supply chain. But, um, you know, it just really truly shows how innovative the industry is as a whole, um, and how resilient people are, uh, that, that are in it. Because um, it's 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 really it's really uh, refreshing to see, you know, in this industry, everyone's banding together, um, and they have been always, but now really everyone's kind of you know picking themselves up by bootstraps and 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 rolling with it. So absolutely, um, we're pretty happy about that. John Snyder, thanks so much for talking with me on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, thanks for your time and uh, take care. Cheers. Stay safe. Thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Blickman Pro Brewing. Visit. BlickmanPro.com to learn more about their one to ten barrel brew house systems and cellaring equipment. And finally, let's talk about beer to go. Your brewery is likely doing a lot of to go sales these days. Maybe you're starting to worry about supply or equipment. So I called up Dennis Grum of the Michigan based October Seamers to talk about quickly filling cans and crawlers to get them out the door. Business is busy, and so I asked him what he's seeing from his perch and how it relates to the larger beer industry. Well, I think for that, it actually was pretty lucky timing. I, I feel like the 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 crawler machine concept of cans to go was, you know, has been building for the last several years. And like a few months before this happened, I, I mean, most breweries you go to probably at this point have an option for that. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was kind of just building up. And then obviously this, you know, this whole uh, uh takeout only rules, you know, applied. And basically now that's the only way you can get beer out. So obviously our, you know, 
our our sales went up and we've sold quite a few more machines in these last few weeks just to fill in that the rest of the gap but i think i think it was pretty mature already which is which was kind of handy for most places i think so as we start to see more of these uh, you know, more to go sales uh, at this point. And, you know, especially with draft accounts drying up uh, or, you know, basic, basically dry at this point. I know uh, a lot of breweries are now taking their previously kegged beer and trying to, you know, either repurpose it into normal packaging or get it into um, uh, some of the larger formats uh, to go. Um, what have you been counseling people on as far as like proper usage or, um, you know, making sure that things run smoothly? Um, I guess, I guess, you know, it's kind of the same, you know, goes for packaging as far as like canning. I mean, how you fill it is, is the the whole, the whole game, right? You want to CO2 purge the can, um, fill, make sure your fill levels are, you know, are, are good. You want to make sure it's cold when you fill it. So you don't have foaming problems. Um, and then put the cap on foam and seal it as fast as you can, um, is, you know, best practice approach there. Um, other than that, it's really just kind of same business, but just more of it. You know, I think a lot of brewers understand packaging and kind of the ideas behind it. So now it's just like getting it in as many packages as I can as fast as I can. And have you seen an uptick in orders? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it, and it's a lot of places that have been, you know, mulling the idea for a while and, and, you know, on the back, on the back burner and all of a sudden they're like, well, okay, now's the time to do that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been a rush, but, uh, we're, we're getting through it. We've been working a lot of late hours and, you know, obviously the shop is, you know, met, there's quite a few people here, but a lot less people. We have a lot of people working from home, you know, so it's, there's been a whole bunch of, uh, complications that go along with it just like everybody's going through yeah um, have, have you had much conversation with any of the can manufacturers we're starting to hear about um uh, shortages or uh disruptions to the pipeline have, do, you have, do you have any insight on that as to how that's yeah going? it's it's a lot of it's a lot of talk though who who knows how the, and, and you know the getting can supplies has always been up and down with the craft beer market just because it's you know i think you know big manufacturers have to predict what they're going to be doing for the next year and get all these big machines running. Right. Um, and having stock material to make the cans and stuff. So it's kind of a long supply chain, but having said that we, we have cans in stock, you know, we run out and we'll get another truckload and they'll go out the door and we'll get another truckload. So it's, we've been piecing it together, but, but we've, uh, we've been keeping cans in, in our warehouse. It's just another way that we all have to adapt these days. Yep, exactly. A little, little bit more work to get the same thing done, but still getting it done. Perfect. Dennis, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. As we close out this episode of the BYO Nano podcast, our thanks to the episode sponsor, Blickman Pro Brewing. With superior engineering and unrivaled service, Blickman Pro Brewing equipment is designed from the ground up to generate a quick return on your investment by getting you up and running as efficiently as possible without sacrificing quality. Experience true turnkey systems that are versatile and flexible enough to give you room to grow and a modular design that can fit any space. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more about their 1 to 10 barrel brew house systems and cellaring equipment. And save the dates on your calendar for this year's NanoCon taking place in San Diego, November 6th to 7th. 
Full program details on the two days of brewing and business seminars targeted for nanobreweries is available at byo.com slash nanocon. And head over to byo.com slash nanopodcast and subscribe to the newsletter, the magazine, and catch up with great homebrewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of each month, so subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving your feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing nano at byo.com or visiting us on all of the BYO social media channels. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer Think Beer podcast as well as Steal This Beer. I hope you'll turn into those. Thanks to Scott McCampbell for supplying the music for the show. And once again, be sure to check out byo.com slash nanopodcast for or for all, I should say, your nano brewing needs. And for now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day. Cheers. <laughs>